Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Well, Kevin, as it turned out, Khalif Battle ended up playing the other night. Didn't play much, but he did play the other night. So can you give us an update, kind of take us up to the tip-off of the Arkansas georgia game and how it worked out that uh i guess that suspension was terminated well it was never announced and i actually went through the what ifs with that when we in our last segment i'm glad to repeat them i said i learned of it early in the week on monday i was confirmed that he was on indefinite suspension it wasn't clear to me if missing the second half of the lsu game was part of that or if that was determined after he didn't play in the second half uh, some words were exchanged at halftime. Uh, but I was asked not to report it. I, I told you guys at the time, early in the week, because it was unclear whether or not the university was ever going to formally announce it, uh, or if they did, when it would be. And with no midweek game, like I said, uh, you know, we had a, lo- a bit longer, so I was unsure whether or not he would have time to have that lifted and potentially play, in that, in a, and would we find out anything? Would, would the university address it if he was going to play at some point that in that next game? Why would they? Uh, or if he didn't play, would they address it at, before or after the game? And maybe the Mouseman, if he hadn't played, would potentially say coach's decision. So there was all kinds of things on the table. I ran through those different scenarios the other day. I had a suspicion because he had returned to practice late in the week and there were photos that he was there uh, that, that maybe that's where it would go. Uh, so two things can be true at once. We didn't hear about it publicly, formally, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Whatever uh, indefinite suspension that I was able to confirm he was on at some point was alleviated, lifted. Uh, the university, again, never made a, a formal announcement, no big to-dos about it. Uh, and the only reason I did report on it later in the week was because it had gotten out uh, and it had been reported elsewhere, I was told. And so... Um, I went ahead and confirmed what I'd known for days. But, you know, the optics, you're bringing Devo Davis back after missing three games and being uh, away from the program. Uh, you know, Trevor in Brazil remains a question mark. The team has struggled, having some really historically bad losses. From an optic standpoint, I can understand, you know, I, I guess they, the decision was to, to keep it in-house. Again, when I confirmed the indefinite suspension, that was the words that were used that were confirmed to me. Um, you know, there was no thought or, or process where it was told to me this probably won't happen or won't, you know, won't be a thing come game time. There was it was indecisiveness on where it was heading and how it would be handled at that time. He didn't play much. I don't know if it was still based upon um, lingering effects of that. Uh, situation the dispute no it it, it wasn't he's had a lot of games like that uh in conference play so i mean it was you know it it wasn't due to that um you know mussman obviously didn't talk about you know nothing came up on that in the post-game press conference um and he certainly didn't address anything on friday's preview press conference which also indicated to me a potential that if we didn't get some kind of notification just minutes before tip 
when the starting lineups were announced that, that he, he probably would play. And, and one of the assistants kind of uh, made a comment um, to the effect that, that all hands would be on deck that were available. So, And he was going through pre, some pregame warm-ups, so it was pretty clear even before tip at that point uh, that he's probably going to play. Um, well, but, you know, well, these things happen. Hey, Kevin, he probably didn't address it Friday at the press conference because he hardly said much about Devo Davis, which was a bigger story at the time, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, of course it's a bigger story, only because Devo's been a guy that has meant so much to all the success at Arkansas, and you've had back-to-back seasons now where he stepped away from the program. Um, and he's really the face. The, the, you know, Mossman's the face of the basketball program as the head coach and leader, but if you talk about a player who's the face of the program, it's, it's Devo Davis. Um, and, and that, I think that's clear to most people. So, yeah, I mean, that was a bigger deal. Uh, you know, and, and Devo had a good game. I mean, he made, made a couple of mistakes late in the game, but he also made some plays in this game. I mean, let's not forget he was the, he made a really nice pass for a clean look from Makai. As good as Makai's field goal percentage is, he sometimes struggles with chippies around the basket or when he gets contested with physicality. And it was a really good pass that timed it well so that he could get a clean look. Put Arkansas up for good with 54 seconds left. Devo did make only one of two free throws, but he got a defensive rebound on the on the ensuing defensive possession where he did get fouled and, and got to go to the line. Um, so you know that, that was a positive. He fouled a three point shooter. Luckily, Arkansas was up five at that time, um, and uh, you know I think it was Justin Hill made all three free throws. He was trying to miss the third one so that they could. With only three seconds left, Georgia could maybe get an offensive rebound and kick it out for a three to tie the game. But the ball went in, and it was still a two-point deficit. And Arkansas had to deal with an inbounding the ball with three seconds left. Had to call a timeout uh, because they had trouble getting it in on the first attempt. So, yeah, uh, Devo, when you look at the four points, four rebounds, team-high matching three assists, two steals, only one turnover in 35 minutes, his box score plus eight was tied for the best on the team. I thought he played a, a very good floor game. I thought his on-ball defense, uh, especially in the first half, was a sort of a leader by example out there. And Arkansas had a really strong defensive first half. Uh, like we've seen a few times, some let-ups in the second half, you know, and, and you build double-digit lead. And once again, you find yourself in a, in, a, in a fight for your life there in the closing minute or two. You know, Kevin, it is – you're right, Arkansas had a five-point lead, and what-ifs don't matter in sports. What if he'd have made that three-point shot? Now, all of a sudden, that's really a bad play because now if he missed a free throw and they tip it in, the game's tied. So right. uh, they're very fortunate that was really not a good play at all. And, I, and no, I'm, not, no, I mean, I'm not faulting Davis. I'm saying whoever does it. With five seconds to go, you foul a three-point shooter? Are you kidding? And it doesn't no. matter. I'm not blaming that player. I'm, I would blame any player that did that. <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, you, you've got to you've got to understand clock, and 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 you're you've got a two possession lead. Absolutely. And you know that a three point shot changes everything on those on that how big your lead is, and so you. But with with that little time left on the clock, by the time that shot goes in, if you don't contest it, you're still up to with three seconds with, to go. You know, two three seconds, but you yeah. don't foul because of what you just described. Absolutely. And, and even if you don't, if he doesn't make it. It still stops the clock, yeah, that's and they right. can strategize how to play those free throws and try to work for an offensive rebound. You just 
you've, you've slowed the game down for them to figure out a way to stay in it. So there's never a good reason to foul uh, at the end of a game when it's that tight. If you're up 10 to 12 points, you know, feel free to run No, if you're up 10 to 12, five, sec- throws, but... with five seconds to go, you still don't foul a three-point shooter no matter what you're no, at. No, I agree. By. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. There, you, yeah. There's just no point. Let the game in. Let they make it. They make it. So. That's right. Well, there was another just back on the tail end of that play. Thank goodness, Arkansas. I think at that point there was two uh, two timeouts left. Yeah, yeah. Devo Good was thing. trying to run the inbounds underneath the basket and had to call a timeout. And then he comes back out and basically forces the ball yeah. inbounds. And I'm thinking, I mean, I'm I'm listening to the radio. And I totally agree with Matt Zimmerman. He just kept saying, heave it. Heave it down the floor. <laughs> throw it into the back court. If you yeah. run it down or whatever it may be, just don't throw it to where it goes long out of bounds. As long as somebody touches it. As long yeah. as somebody touches it. As long as it, somebody yeah. can touch yeah. it. But yeah. you don't throw it underneath the opponent's basket and uh, risk a turnover there. But anyway, that, that, that was kind of a helter-skelter moment there. Well, I see that too. I see that two different ways, guys. Um, you're right. It was a tight rope there where he inbounded it, uh, and I believe it was Tremont Mark who got fouled and went and made one of two. Well, now that wasn't a tight one. That, some, I don't know how he got so open, but he did. We're talking about the play yeah. before that. They yeah, almost came, went off Arkansas. Yeah, yeah and then, then then they got it to Mark, and that was an easy inbound. Well, you know, the, the, play, the play before that that you're describing, I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, Kim Minifield, his arm was grabbed and held. The official missed yeah. that. His yeah, arm was did. pulled away from the ball. That, that should have been true. a foul right there. But I'm uh, glad it was cause it, because mm-hmm. because it was uh, Arkansas got the ball because his arm was pulled away and it went out of bounds on the Georgia guy. All right, we got to take a break, guys. Hang tight, hang tight. We got to take a break. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. That's Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop. Thanks, Defense Brokers. Drive Time Sports will continue. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. All right, Kevin, I don't know if you have uh, seen or heard we're going to change gears for a moment. Uh, that is Arkansas is a nine-and-a-half-point underdog to Tennessee. Does that sound about right? Does that sound like, uh, hmm, boy, Arkansas, surely they can play within nine-and-a-half points of Tennessee, right? Well, Arkansas at home barely played within 32 points against Auburn. And, you know, <laughs> in a record-setting loss at Bud Walton Arena in terms of Arkansas losing margin. We've seen Arkansas blown out at home, really, at South Carolina, only a 13-point margin. But, you know, I think Carolina held, what, a couple of 19-point leads at different times in that second half. That felt like a blowout. And we know Arkansas's gone on the road and lost by 22 at Georgia, by 21 at LSU, by 26 at, at Ole Miss. I mean, it's, it's not uncommon for Arkansas to get, uh, you know, beaten down soundly in this league against good teams. Arkansas also was competitive against Kentucky. Arkansas won two of its last three games, but I would not put teams like, you know, Missouri and Georgia in the same category as Tennessee. However, 
Um, you know, it is Bud Walner. You know, Arkansas beat a top 10 team in Duke there early in the year. Dare I even go back to October hmm. and mention that Arkansas beat uh, Purdue in an exhibition game Mm-mm. overtime? No. So, so we know, I mean, Arkansas beat Duke without Tremont Mark. They did have Trevor in Brazil put up a double double in that game, but, and they're not playing with him right now, but. Um, you know, maybe the pieces are there to stay in this game, to be competitive, to have another good defensive game potentially. And then if you're in it at the end, maybe you give yourself a chance to win. Uh, the last time Arkansas played a top-10 ranked team was Kentucky and Bud Walton Arena. It ended up losing by six, um, but was very competitive in that game. So nine-and-a-half points. Uh, this is not a great matchup for Arkansas. I could certainly see, you know, another double-digit loss for the Hogs, but I could also see a path. Or Arkansas has a, a, a scrappy, tough game and figures out a way to be in it in the end. So, um, uh, you know, this this Arkansas team has not been enough of an enigma to suggest, oh, take Arkansas on the points. They're at home. I don't. I just went through the resume and why you can't bank on that. But there is there have been a handful or so games you could point to and say, you know what? Why not Arkansas? You know, this would be Arkansas's second quad one win of the season. It seems academic at this point to keep talking about stuff like that, that factor in the NCAA net when you're really looking. At this time of year, you're looking at that because you're trying to figure out where where would we be as an at-large bid? What would our seed be? What do we have to do? Arkansas is not close enough to the bubble and probably doesn't have a path back to the bubble without winning out and then winning some games in the SEC tournament. Uh, and, and this team has you know hasn't been able to string together consecutive wins in, in league play now that we're, you know, uh, uh, ten games in with with eight more to go. So having said all that, you know the, the spread. You know that those aren't things. I mean, I don't gamble. I you know I don't know which Arkansas team will come in and perform. The the, the one that's been scrappy a handful of times, or the one that's been kicked around a lot. Uh, but Tennessee's got a guy that reminds me of Mason Jones in terms of his dominance in Dalton Neck. He's just he's got four games of thirty or more points in this league. He's averaging over twenty. He rebounds. Uh, he, he can facilitate. He'll block some shots. Remember, Mason Jones not only had that season where he led the SEC in scoring and had all those games of 30 or more points. I think he had a couple of 40 or more. Uh, but he did other things. You know, he let Arkansas in rebounding. I think he let him in assists and steals. I mean, he, you know, and he had that, that co-SEC player of the year. This Dalton Neck is that kind of a force. Uh, but I think he's obviously got a better team around him, and, and this is really a tough matchup. Yeah, I was going to say this. This is going to be a game about matchups. You mentioned that, kind of talked about that earlier. Then you talked about Dalton Connect. I mean, this guy's averaging 26.4 uh, in conference games only, SEC only. But, Kevin, I mean, you're talking matchups. Who do you match him up with? He's 6-6-6-7. I wouldn't call him a power forward by no means. I wouldn't call him necessarily a small forward. I wouldn't call him a two guard. I mean, this guy can do it all. So, who do you match him up with? I know uh, the yeah. other night when, <clears throat> pardon me, Coach Musselman was at Sassy's with his radio show. He talked about the possibility of that four guard lineup. That almost sounds like suicide to try to put a six three guard on a six six guy, and then that doesn't account for all the other weapons that they have. Ziegler at the guard. I mean, this is a this is a well balanced team. Oh, it is. And veteran guards and Ziegler and Viscovi. and mm-hmm. left out Viscovi, yeah. Th- 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 this. So, you know, this will probably be by committee. You'll, you know, I, we'll see if he runs Devo at him. I think Tremont Mark at 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", 
you know, Mark has not been the defender I thought he would be. But if you watch and look, like I wrote about this in my Stock Risers report that I published early this morning, kind of looking at some of the positives. I mean, Arkansas won two of its last three games, and you go back to that fourth game, and they were competitive against Kentucky. The LSU road loss has proved that Arkansas could still have one of those games where they get caught up in a tsunami first end of it. But having said that, Tremont Mark has re- elevated his rebounds per game. He's blocked it. He's had several games in a row of multiple, four games in a row of multiple steals. If you look at his first 17 games, he only had only four times that he had multiple steals. Uh, and, and then the last four in each of them, he's had multiple steal games. He's had multiple block games, two of the last three. And he, you look at the previous 18 games only twice. So he's starting to check the boxes of those hustle plays and those defensive playmaking things that have helped Arkansas get some steals, uh, get more in transition, easier scores. And so could he be a guy that maybe he's starting to feel a little bit, maybe embracing and understanding more what's expected in, on the defensive side from Musselman? Could he be a guy uh, that can match up with Dalton? I think it could be committee. I think, like I said, Devo, uh, perhaps we see some Tremont Mark guarding him. Um, and then guys, a lot of gap help and guys hedging hard uh, to get the ball out of his hands. Now, he's going to make the right play, and they've got uh, other smart players around him, uh, Randy, and that's where you're picking your poison kind of because he can beat you in multiple ways. But the last thing you want to do is let him have a big game where he's scoring 20-plus with ease and and doing other things that he does. Because like I said, he'll go out and rebound. I mean, this guy, you know, is he the best player in the SEC? Or, or, or is it too soon to say that? Right now, I'd call him the best in the SEC. I know a lot of folks Taylor, want Broom. Texas A&M's awful good. Yeah, Taylor's good, but Broom over at Auburn. I mean, there's a there's a lot of guys that you could argue, but when you when you look, I mean, this was a guy that got out of the transfer portal from a smaller D1 school. Yeah. Uh, I think he makes Tennessee a top-10 team. In fact, Musselman said the other night on his back on his radio show, he thinks this could be a Final Four team and a team that really has a chance to win it all. Now, Georgia, uh, Georgia, Tennessee has not done well once they got into the NCAA tournament. It's all about matchups, but nevertheless, uh, I don't think that's that's blowing too much smoke saying this could be a Final Four team. Well, I hear the music. No, I mean, we're going to see a really good team, eighth ranked in the country. Uh, played a really tough schedule this year. Lost to Purdue, by the way, early in the season out in Valley. All right, Kevin. We'll talk with you later on in the week. That's Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And thanks again to Fence Brokers, our friends Chris Walker and company.